Aleluia. Good morning, Mechanicsville. How you doing this morning? This is Don Curtis. And guess what? This is the day the Lord has made for you and for me. We're going to rejoice and be exceedingly glad in it. And we have reasons to do that. This is an amazing day. I tell you, we just give God thanks for Him being just so amazing to you and to me. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. California. Graysonville, Maryland. Good morning to you. Norwalk, Connecticut. Good morning to you. Ann Arbor, Michigan. Yes, London, England. WBRFM. Megan Barrow, England. Good morning to you. Good morning to you. Welcome to Delaware. Silver Spring, Maryland. Washington, D.C. Indianapolis, Indiana, good morning to you. Redmond, Washington. Leads us straight to freedom. North Maryland, Upper Marlboro, Maryland, good morning to you. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> Those that listen to us throughout uh, the United Kingdom and Canada, India, good morning to you. Hallelujah. Everybody sing, stand fast. Stand fast and true. love toward us. Daily renew. Hallelujah. Make no doubt about it. He's amazing. Come on. Hallelujah. Oh, your love is an everlasting love. Your grace is sufficient for us. Your truth leads us to freedom. I see your face. Oh. 
He's amazing. Yes, he is. Praise the Lord this morning. <clears throat> oh, well, excuse me. Yes, I'm still dealing with it, but I'm getting over it. I just give God thanks and praise for another great day that he's made for you and for me. We can rejoice in it and be exceedingly glad. Yes, we can. And I tell you, we just give God thanks for this great day he has made for us and for you and I to be able to experience just how amazing he is. Yes, he is. Yes, he is faithful to you and to me. His Graces and his mercies are renewed every single day, and they're renewed every day because we need them every day. And we just give God thanks for another fresh day, a brand new day. And this brand new year, year 2018, we just give God thanks for another great day. Yes, another great opportunity for us to be able to experience the very gift of God, the presence of God. Yes, the love of God. And we just give God thanks and praise. Yes, yes, yes. Stephen Hurd. Uh, and his song, Amazing, yes, yes, we just give God thanks. We've been talking about this gospel. Yes, this gospel message, it is It is amazing <clears throat> what God has to say to you and to me. It is amazing, first of all, that God want to talk with us. But he says, come on, let us let us sit down and reason together. Yes, let us talk about this. And I thank God that he is that kind of a, a being, that kind of a person, that kind of of a God that he desires to communicate with you and with me. Yes, he wants to talk with us. He wants to talk with you and with me. And I, I'm just so blessed and blown away by the fact that that's his desire, that's his delight, to be able to spend time with you and spend time with me and to be able to communicate with us and talk with us and share with us and to teach us and to give us some understanding, to give us some 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 real new uh, revelation, some understanding about who he is and what he's like. Jesus often made the invitation, come unto me and, and learn of me. Mm-hmm. Learn of me, learn of me, learn of me. 
And I tell you, I just give God thanks that we are continuing to do that, that we're continuing to learn about Jesus Christ because he is the real, real essence of this gospel. He's the essence of the message. It surrounds him and what he has accomplished on the cross for you and for me. Mm-hmm. What he has accomplished in the grave for you and for me. What he has accomplished in his victory, his triumph over death itself. <clears throat> he has done that, not for himself, for his sake, but he has done that for you and for me. And Paul was a skeptic. He was an unbeliever for some time. <clears throat> but then he had an encounter himself with the risen Lord Jesus. And from that moment on, his life was just radically changed and different. And so here we find him in a whole different kind of mindset, a whole different life, really, a whole different Paul, a man now who once uh, destroyed the faith is now the one who's actually preaching it and actually preaching it to the point that even all of the sufferings and all of the losses uh, that he went through, all of the anguish that he suffered, uh, he now counted it all joy and saw it as joy, saw it as his fulfilling uh, what was left behind of the sufferings of Christ for the sake of the church, for your sake, for my sake. It went beyond what he knew at that point in time. He thought it was just limited just to those believers that he was uh, seeing during his lifetime, during his time, uh, but it went far beyond that. He never envisioned that there would be a printing press. He never envisioned that there would be an Internet. Uh, he never envisioned there'd be a time when it would be like it is now, 2018, and here we are. Uh, we are still talking about him and not so much him, but his message that he preached and just how impactful and radically significant this message was on his life and how it has been so uh, radically impactful in the lives of so many persons. And I'm including myself in it, and I'm including many other persons who I personally know, and and I'm sure that's true about you as well. Mm-hmm. This great news, this gospel, this radical message from God himself, <coughs> excuse me, is so powerful, so radical, that it has influenced your life. <coughs> it has influenced my life. In fact, it has gave us new life altogether, different kind of life. And we continue on as we grow in this and understand this. Paul said, look, this is whom I'm preaching. This is whom I'm warning every man and teaching every man concerning in all wisdom that we might present every man perfect, <coughs> excuse me, in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. Not just able to escape and able to somehow or another endure and make it through. But no, he uses that word that get a lot of people in trouble today. He got people in trouble during his time and it'll get people in trouble during our time and Probably in times yet to come, it'll still get people in trouble, and that's this word perfect. It flies up against this notion that nobody is perfect, and we just kind of limit our vision and what we see based on what we can see and interpret, and we give some final judgment. But this is saying, no, that every man, that he might present every man perfect in Christ Jesus, that he might see us in Christ and see Christ in us. That we might begin to see things that we didn't 
see, know, and understand before. He says, look, I want you to understand that this mystery that had been hidden in ages past is Christ in you. God, yeah, he's alive on the inside of you. <coughs> His spirit is in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory, whom we preach, Paul says, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom. Yes, whereunto, he says, I, I also labor, striving according to the work in which worketh, uh, according to his work in which worketh mightily in me. He knew that God was very much alive on the inside of him in this working, this passion, this motivation that he had, this desire, this laboring that he had on the inside of him. He knew that this was not his commitment. This was not his passion for the gospel. No, this was actually God's working. This This is his working in him and that he was working mightily in Paul. He knew that it took a tremendous dynamic power on the inside of him that caused this kind of radical change on the inside of him that he would be willing to suffer and to go through all of the turmoil and all of the conflict, all of the lies, all the death threats and all of the beatings and all of the shipwrecks. He knew this was a mighty work of God on the inside of him that did never let him give up at all, never got close to giving up. In fact, it was such a uh, such a powerful working on the inside of him that he 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 counted as joy. He saw this as as a joyful thing for him to go through because he knew that this was for the sake of the church, this was for the sake of the body of Christ, that there was going to be some eternal benefit as a result of it. And the same is true today, that anyone who would dare to not water down the gospel of Jesus Christ, to let it be unadulterated whatsoever, but let it just speak as boldly and as clearly as God would have it to be announced, that is God's desire to perfect you and to perfect me, to make us perfect in Christ. That the thing that he was concerned about with the Old Testament sacrifices and even any sacrifice that you might do, any kind of human effort, any kind of religious performance, any kind of tradition of men down through the ages, one of the things that it fails to do over and over again, and we can agree with this, is that it made nobody perfect. Yeah, the offerings made nobody perfect. Yes, the sacrifices made nobody perfect. You're trying to keep the golden rule doesn't make you perfect. None of your church traditions make you perfect. Your Bible study doesn't make you perfect. Your fasting and praying does not make you perfect. And that's God's concern that it never made any of the officers, offers, offerers of those gifts and sacrifices perfect. God's concern was perfection. That's why Jesus said, Be ye perfect, even as your Father which in heaven is perfect. And so I can agree with that, that yes, that there is no religious tradition, there's no religious practice, there's no church in and of itself by way of its church doctrines, by way of its church practices, in any way, make any of us perfect at all. That was God's concern. And so Jesus said, what did he do? He made a body for me. 
He made my offering, my sacrifice, Jesus saying, to be perfect, to be able to do something with your consciousness, my consciousness about falling short of the glory of God, that God had a solution. God had a remedy. God had an answer. And this answer was not you dying and somehow or another in the life to come that you then find your perfection. No, his answer was that Christ himself, he would perfect those that have been sanctified by him forever. Yes. And so we find that in Christ Jesus, something unique, something that nobody else can do, nobody else has ever done. He has been able to accomplish this. And this is what the Apostle Paul sees, and this is what he preaches. This is what he teaches. Listen, so that every man, so that they might present every man, that includes you and me, <coughs> excuse me, perfect in Christ Jesus, whereunto I also labor, striving according to his working, which worketh in me mightily. He goes on to say the first verse in chapter 2. He said, I, I would that you knew uh, what great conflict I have for you <clears throat> and for them at Laodicea and for as many as has not seen my face in the flesh. He said, I wish you knew the kind of conflict, the kind of struggle I have on the inside of me because uh, I know that, uh, that this is such a radical uh, truth that no one has heard before because it's been hidden. No one ever thought about this because God kept it under wraps. But now God's desire is to make this known. And it's so radically different, it comes against every notion, any idea, any thought, uh, any uh, perceived notion that anyone can ever have <clears throat> about your relationship with God and what God is willing to do and has done on your behalf and my behalf. He said, nobody ever thought like this. Nobody ever thinks like this. And so it flies against everything, everything, not just a few things, but it flies against everything. Yes. And he says, I, I wish you knew the kind of conflict I have because I know I, I need to see you face to face. I want to make sure you're hearing it directly from me, that there's no misunderstanding, that there's no, uh, failure to interpret, failure to really grab hold of the magnitude of what this gospel represents in your life, in my life, in every single human person. He says, look, I, 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 you know, I, I want to see them at Laodicea. And for, for those there at Colossae, he says, uh, and for everyone who has not seen my face in the flesh. Listen, he said the result of this is that their hearts might be comforted. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Yes. What would make your heart not comfort? What would make my heart not comfort? Well, guilt, a sense of failure, a sense of not measuring up, a sense of, here we go again. I said I wasn't going to do it, but guess what? I found myself right smack in the middle of it again. And then the things I said I was going to do, I turned over a new leaf. And it lasted for a day, and guess what? Paul knew what would happen, that after a while people would give up and say, this is impossible. I, I can't live this kind of life. I, I know that's what God wants me to do, and, and I want to do it too. But I find that I, I can't do it. 
I keep falling short. I keep messing up. And he knows what will happen, that eventually, uh, no matter how dedicated the person may be, that eventually they're just going to throw in the towel and say, look, I've tried this thing hundreds of times, and I, I, just can't, I just can't conquer it. I just can't get through it. So he said, look, I, I want to I see you. I want to talk to you because I want your heart to be comforted. This gospel, this message, this unadulterated, full strength, not watered down message from God about what he has done for you and for me because he knows exactly where our points of failures are. And he has a remedy for it. <clears throat> he has a solution for it. He has the answer. Mm -hmm. He's already accomplished it for you and for me. He knows. And, and Paul, Paul wants to, to see these persons face to face. He'd want to see you face to face. He'd want to see me face to face. He'd want to look into our eyes and, and make sure that our eyes were open and that we are seeing and that we are understanding the magnitude of this tremendous truth because it's been hidden in ages past. It had never been prophesied. It had never been taught at all. It, it was more profound than anything that Abraham had seen. It was more profound than anything that Moses had discovered. It was beyond Isaiah and Daniel and Jeremiah. It was beyond Ezekiel. It, it was beyond David. It was beyond anything that any uh, 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 prophet had ever heard before. In fact, no one had heard this at all. It had not entered the air channel of any person whatsoever. God had so masterfully kept this hidden, kept the mystery, uh, kept it under wraps for generations and ages, and no one had ever thought like this before, never had ever entertained these truths at all. And Paul knew that. He understood that, and most importantly, God understood it. And so God had to work mightily in Paul. Otherwise, Paul wouldn't believe it. Paul would say, man, this is just absolutely too good to be true. This is too radical. Ain't no way in the world. This, this is impossible because all down through the ages, from Adam right down to my time, it's been absolutely true that no one has been perfect at all. Everyone has fallen short, even your own testimony about the failure of the Old Testament set up, the priests and the high priests and all that, all the sin offerings, all the sacrifices that have been made all down through the ages. No one had been made perfect. Even Moses himself fell short. And so it never even entered into the apostles' thought at all. He never thought like that until God began to work in him. God began to reveal this mystery to him. God began to work with him in such a way that God working mightily and powerfully in Paul overcame all of his doubts, overcame all of his fears, overcame all of his deceptions and all of what he thought was true so that he now could see clearly and boldly and without any hesitation whatsoever that Christ had done something beyond his wildest imagination that really stopped history in his tracks and began to take a whole new route and say, no, Paul, I have done something for you and for every single child of mine that is beyond worse description. I have perfected you and everybody else whom I've sanctified forever by the gift of my sacrifice. I've done what no animal sacrifice could do. I've done what no other offering could do. I've done it. I've 
completed it. I have made it happen. And now I need for you to go and preach this. And I know you're going to meet all kinds of obstacles. I know you're going to come against uh, all kinds of uh, threats are going to come against you. Your life is going to be threatened. But that's all right. I'm with you. And so here he is. He says, uh, I, I want to make sure that your hearts are comforted, being netted together in love, this agape love that God has for you and for me, that your heart might be fastened together with it. Mm-hmm. That there be no separation in the real depths of your hearts uh, from the actual agape love that God has for you. Yes, and unto all riches of the full assurance of understanding. Yes. <clears throat> yes, that there is a richness, there is a wealth. Remember, this is something that money cannot buy. This understanding about uh, this mystery of God and of his son, Jesus Christ, that uh, that concerns you, that this, this tremendous gift that God has done on your behalf and my behalf, <clears throat> money cannot buy it. <laughs> no tradition can open it up to you. You can't get this by the laying on of somebody's hands. You can't get this by prayer and fasting. This comes... As the gift of God, this comes as God's illumination to you. This comes as God's revealing to you this great mystery concerning you and concerning me. And so Paul said, look, I want to see you face to face. I want you to hear this. I want you to see this. I want to look in your eyes. I want to be able to see your hearts melt, your hearts comforted, your hearts being filled, being netted together in this agape love and and you walk in right smack in the middle of all the richness and the wealth and the treasure of the full assurance of understanding. Mm -hmm. He said, I don't want you just to get a little bit of this. I don't want you to, you know, you kind of see, you know, you have some doubts about it. Uh, you can see what God is saying. You can, can kind of believe it a little bit, but you got more questions and you have answers. Paul said, I, I want to be with you in such a way. I want to share this in such a tremendous magnitude and depth that, that you might be able to have the full assurance mm -hmm, of understanding, that your understanding be so full that you have a complete assurance, that you are assured that Christ has done this for you, that while others might continue to say that you're imperfect, while others might say that you're not finished yet, that you're incomplete, that there's some things that's still missing about you, that you haven't arrived yet, while that might be the testimonies of others all around you, and you might have those voices even in your own head saying that to you, but you come to a place of saying, wait a minute, regardless of what anybody else is saying, regardless of what I might be saying myself, I'm embracing this full assurance this acknowledgement, this understanding of what God has said to me, what God has said about me, what God has said concerning what Christ has accomplished for me. I'm going to be a follower of Christ. I'm going to allow Jesus Christ himself to be the author and the finisher of my faith. What do you mean? I'm going to allow him to be the one who begins this faith in me. He's going to be the the creator of this new faith on the inside of me. My belief now is not based on some 
persuasion that I've gotten from man. No, uh, th this, this faith that I have now is based on Jesus Christ himself. Him persuading me of what he has done on my behalf. And he has said to me, Don, that which I have begun in you, I will complete it. I will finish it. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I'm saying these things unto you, Don, so that your joy might be full and that my joy might be full in you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Paul is saying, I, I, I don't want you to just kind of sometimes this thing. Sometimes you think it's true. Sometimes you don't. Uh, he know he he wants the full assurance of understanding. This understanding will bring about the assurance. And I tell you, if you are having some uh, misgivings about this, I would just challenge you to spend some good quality time in the whole book of 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 uh, of uh, <clears throat> Hebrews. Just just spend some time reading through Hebrews. Just take your time, read through it, read through it, read through it over and over again. Begin to talk to the Lord about it, ask questions about it, particularly when you get into, into chapters uh, 9 and 10, 11. Uh, I mean, really spend time in those three chapters, and, and you'll begin to see Jesus Christ being lifted up, being placed in a pedestal, uh, being lifted up above everything else that has ever happened in regards to sin offerings and dealing with your sin and my sin. Just look at Christ. Look at what he has accomplished for you and for me. Let, let, the, let the Bible speak for itself. Don't you interpret it. Don't you try to find the meaning of it, but allow it to interpret itself. Allow the Spirit of God to lead you and guide you yourself. I mean, just read it for yourself. Just read it over and over and over again. And you'll come to discover, you know something? I never knew that Jesus had really accomplished Hallelujah. all of this for me. I, I, I never knew that it was this radical. I knew there were some things he had done for me, but my goodness, I didn't know that it was this rich. That's what happened to me. It happened to a lot of other persons. He's so it has happened and will continue to happen. The Bible says in Lamentations 21 that People are embracing the truth every of the gospel He's of Jesus Christ. They're finding out that this is amazing. My goodness. This is amazing. God is amazing. This gospel is amazing. This is an amazing life. This is an amazing truth. This is an amazing thing that God has done for me and for my fellow man. He's done it for, yeah, my brothers, my sisters. He's done it for my cousins. He's done it for my mom and dad. He's done it for my co-workers. He's done it for my next-door neighbor. He's done it for everybody. That's why we can say good morning, Mechanicsville. Good morning, Washington, D.C. Good morning, Wagon Barrow, England. Good morning, London. Good morning, United Kingdom. Good morning, Japan. Good morning, Germany. Good morning, China. Good morning, India. Good morning, South Africa. That's why we can say good morning to whosoever will. Because God so loved the whole wide world, he gave his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, is his name. He's amazing. Amazing. When you get it, release it to the Lord. Stand fast. It'll make you shout. It'll make you sing. It'll make you wave your hands all over the place. Yes. You discover what God says about you, not what anybody else says about you. Remember, we said don't let nobody put you in a box. 
Nobody define who you are. Let God define you. Let God give a definition to your life. Define who you are. You're his son. You're his daughter. You're born of his spirit. You belong to him. Yes. You're his. Let him describe you. And this truth leads us straight to freedom. who the Lord is. Come on, let's declare it together. Amazing. Hallelujah. Everybody sing, steadfast and true. Is your love toward us. Daily renewed. Hallelujah. Is the God of all gods. He's truly amazing. Make no doubt about it. He's amazing. Come on. Hallelujah. for us. Your truth leads us to freedom. For your love is an everlasting love. Your grace is sufficient for us. And your truth it leads us to And I see your face. Oh, I'm sure I'll say. I can only imagine what I'll say. Yeah. That's the God we serve. I tell you the day he is. Hallelujah. Anybody know who he is tonight? Come on, declare. In the name of Jesus, you're amazing. Tell somebody, my God is amazing, he's strong and mighty. 